Welcome to Sunday Sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now on to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater. Today we're starting a new sermon series called the To Be List. You know, I was thinking about New Year's resolutions and blah, blah, blah. We all know the, 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 the patter that goes along with that, right? Uh, and I was thinking maybe about myself a little too much and how I tend to get caught up in my to-do lists and the things I want to accomplish and get done. But maybe there's something better. Maybe there's something more important about thinking less about what we want to do and more about who we want to be. And that's the inspiration for this To Be List series. And I actually got the idea from a book. Uh, a while back, I got to hear David Brooks. Maybe some of you watch the PBS NewsHour. I am a nerd and I own it, and I know there's more of you out there too. Uh, but David Brooks uh, wrote a book called The Road to Character. And I'm not basing the whole series on the book, but there's one idea at the very start that really struck me. And that is, he talks about res Resume virtues versus eulogy virtues. Resume virtues versus eulogy virtues. Now think about this for a second. When you put together a resume for a job, you're asking what you've accomplished, what you're good at, what your, uh, what your qualifications are. You know, I led this uh, project and it really came out well is the kind of thing you might put on there. Uh, I, I graduated with a really high GPA. You know, these are the things you put on your uh, resume. But when we die... Those things get mentioned, right? We don't leave those out in a funeral, but that's not really what we talk about in a eulogy when someone passes, is it? What we talk about then were how kind they were, the time that they spent with their family. We talk about uh, those things that are a little harder to name, a little harder to put on a resume, but in truth are more important. Do you see the difference between a resume virtue and a eulogy virtue? That's the inspiration for to-do versus to-be for me in this series. And you know, we live in a time when morality and ethics are being seriously challenged in our world. And it seems like character is taking a back seat to accomplishment. Now, do you hear that? Let me say it again. It seems like character is taking a back seat to accomplishment. Like our, like our society, our world, our, our culture is caring more about people's accomplishments than about who they are. Yet, when we look around us at the people who are most content, now, happiness comes and goes. Joy is something deeper, but I'm talking about the people who are content with their lives. Well, some of them have great accomplishments. Some of them don't. But all of them have strong character. I have never met a person of questionable character who was content. In fact, that's deep enough. I want you to read it up there. <laughs> I've never met a person of questionable character who was content. <laughs> so maybe we should think more about who we are and who we're becoming rather than what we do. So how do we do it? How do we be people who prioritize eulogy virtues over resume virtues? And I want to make a suggestion on that this morning, and it's this. True character isn't about us. 
It's about living a life perfectly partnered with God. You know, I believe that in Jesus, what we see is what human character is supposed to look like. We see an example. We see the, what that kind of perfection looks like, rising above the challenges and temptations of the world to be something better, to be something more godlike. To me, Jesus shows us who God made us to be. And so each week in this series, we're going to look at who we want to be, uh, taking our example from Jesus and so many others in the Bible, but we're also going to pair it with something that we can do, right? I'm taking it back to the to-do, I know, but <laughs> I'm going to give you something to do every week to work on your character, to work on our character together, to be a better partner with God, and to be one of those contented people who lives by eulogy virtues, while they're still alive, while they still have a lot of life left to live. Now at Trinity, of course, that's what we mean by being fully alive in Christ. You know, this is the center of who we are. So, item number one on our to-be list, and that, that has to come before all the rest, I think, is to be more humble. And by the way, uh, the uh, title screen for the series is on the bulletin that you got. Uh, and as soon as I saw this on paper rather than on the screen, I wanted to get out a pencil and start checking off. <laughs> now that says something right there, doesn't it? We'll see if Jill uh, in our office updates this and crosses them off each week. Hopefully we can accomplish them as fast as it goes on the list. <laughs> but... Item number one is to be more humble. So where do we see humility in the Bible? That would be a long list. And in fact, maybe that's a sign that we're on to something. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind, though, is one that's kind of funny, at least to me. You know, there's a tradition that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, and scholars don't think that was the case. Uh, Moses uh, was probably involved. It's certainly the story of Moses and the Israelites. Uh, however, there's at least one verse... That sounds awfully funny if you think Moses written it. It's, num what is it? Numbers 12, 3, and it says this. Now the man Moses was humble, more so than anyone on earth. Now, have you ever known a humble person to write that? If I wrote, if I wrote that Pastor Jeff is the most humble person in the whole church, would you believe me? No, of course not. <laughs> but... The second place my mind went was to something that actually is humility-inducing, and that's in the book of 1 John, uh, one of my favorites, uh, as a matter of fact. If I can remember which bookmark I put there, there it is. Uh, so the first part of this scripture, well, it's not really what we're talking about today, but it reminds us that even though we're not perfect, God is, and that's important. This is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. If we claim we have fellowship with him and live in the darkness, we are lying and do not act truthfully. But if we live in the light the same way he is in the light, we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from every sin. Okay, here we go. Are you listening? If we claim we don't have any sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from everything we've done wrong. This is the Bible saying, you're not all that. <laughs> if you think you are without sin, 
you deceive yourself. It's the scriptural equivalent of you put your pants on one leg at a time just like everyone else. You know what's funny? When I was younger, I heard that phrase, put your pants on one leg at a time, and almost out of defiance, I did a thing where I rocked back on the bed and put my pants on two legs at a time. Then I fell and broke my hip, and now this leg doesn't bend so well. <laughs> and guess what? I put my pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> you know, this is the scriptural equivalent of that, the reminder. And it's true. We all know it. Have you ever tried to learn a new skill? And you know that it's a skill that takes a long time to learn, but somehow when you start, you think you're the exception, that it's going to go better for you than it does for everyone else. You know, maybe it's a home improvement project, or maybe it's racquetball. I tried that a while back, and I thought, oh, I'd better take it easy on this wiry old guy. Let me tell you, with racquetball, it's always the wiry old guy that, that, that okay. <laughs> or, or baking. How hard can it be to follow a recipe? Have any of you watched Nailed It? Yeah, not so easy, is it? <laughs> uh, and it's clear that people have been wrestling with this for thousands of years. This is part of what it means to be human. Most of us think more of ourselves than we ought. But there's another side to it, a humility too. And this is one that doesn't get talked about as much, but is just as important to being humble. And that is claiming what is true about you. Now, do you see what I'm saying here? It's one thing to think too much of yourself, but it's also a problem if you think too little of yourself. We each have gifts that are real, that are special, gifts that are given to us by God. Now, sometimes these are gifts like music or writing, you know, skills and talents. Those can be gifts. But I think equally valuable and more common are the gifts of, of roles, uh, like peacemaking or, or being the glue in a social situation or caregiving or being a helper, uh, the, the gift of loyalty, having a passion for justice. The gift of encouragement, that's one that's named by Paul in the Bible. You know, uh, one of the uh, previous churches I served, now I've seen this here too, but there's one man in particular at a previous church I served who every time I saw him had an encouraging word. He didn't try, he didn't plan it out, at least I don't think he did. He just had the gift of encouragement. And over time, I learned to accept it because there were times I needed the encouragement. You know, those are some of the gifts that we need to claim. Now, earlier I mentioned Moses, right? You know, the most humble man who ever lived. Well, when he was young, he got too big for his britches. You can read the story of the time that in his anger, he killed one of the, uh, one of the slavers in Egypt. But when God called him to lead his people... Maybe some of you know what happened. He erred on the other side. When God called him to lead his people, he came up with every excuse he could find. He said, God, I speak with a lisp. How can I be a leader? God, I don't have the skills and the talents for this. God, surely there are more pe other people that are more qualified than I am. And you know, it may be that Moses is one of the most humble men who ever lived, even if he wasn't the one who wrote that phrase. Because, at least by the time he was older, he learned to hold both of those things together. I'm not all that, but God did make me, and God did give me gifts and has called me to this. 
Now look at Jesus. You know, he, knew his, he knows his role in the world perfectly. Even, even Jesus didn't think too highly of himself. He knew what he was there to do. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he even begged for the cross not to have to be. But he also didn't hesitate to speak and act with authority when it was right to do so. That's humility. Humility lives in that tension. A truly humble person, we'll put this up, a truly humble person doesn't pretend to be something they're not, but neither do they deny who God made them to be. So, this week's to-do on our road to be, and this is in, the, in, in your bulletin if you want to see it. Those of you online, uh, you'll find the, the growth group page on our website, or it was in the email this morning, so you can think about it more. This week's to-do on our road to be is to spend time thinking about who you are, to spend time thinking about who God made you to be. Where do you feel most alive? Is it when you're making a particular thing? Is it when you're doing something? Is it when you're being with someone? Notice what role that you play in your family or social group. And I'm not going to take none for an answer because we all play a role. Maybe you're the glue or the rock or the encourager or the peacemaker. But then, notice what you're not. You know, if you're the peacemaker, I'll bet you're not the arguer. But isn't the arguer important too, so long as it doesn't get out of hand? Of course the arguer is important too. So what is it that never clicks for you, even though others do it well? And then lastly, be grateful for what you're not. Be grateful for what you are not. You know, you could think of it as simple things, like woodworking. That's a skill I don't have, but I am so grateful for things like this that serve us or for like parts of the altar. What a simple example that is, but you get my point, right? Look at who you're not in life and be grateful for it. Be grateful that God called others to those roles and you not. Claim both sides of that. Claim both sides of humility, of not thinking more of yourself than you ought, but also not less. And you will be one step closer to character. You'll be one step closer to contentedness. You'll be one step closer to a perfect partnership with God. And you'll be one step closer to being fully alive in Christ. Would you bow your heads with me? So before we pray here, while we have our heads bowed, you know, maybe you're someone who struggles with a big ego. Maybe you don't like to think about it, <laughs> but you know you do. Or maybe you're someone who struggles with low self-esteem, low self-worth, and you know it, but you're almost afraid to do otherwise. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to give that to God. Let's just take a moment. Oh God, we give you ourselves just as we are, just as we actually are. God, it is so hard to walk that perfect line 
of not thinking more of ourselves or not thinking less. Help us to claim who you made us to be. Help us to claim our baptism, for that's what we're talking about here, God. Help us to remember who we are in you. Help us to be neither more nor less. Forgive us for the times we have stepped out. And help us to live in perfect partnership with you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.